The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want to start teaching today. This month, our devotional focus is on faith. And I want to teach on something we've titled Radical Harvesters. Radical Harvesters. And specifically, we are going to be talking on faith for the miraculous. Praise God. Faith for the miraculous. The problem is not an absence of miracles or an absence of blessings or a lack of harvest. I'm talking to the child of God. I'm talking to the heir of God. I'm talking to that person that is favored by God, that person that is loved by God, that person that is helped by God. You don't have a problem of lack. Lack of miracles, lack of harvest, lack of blessings, lack of open doors, lack of breakthroughs. You don't. (laughs) Praise God. Because you have God. So you have to come to that place, and we've said this over and over again in this nine weeks of in-gathering, that you are in the middle of your harvest. I love that song that the choir just missed out You are in the middle of it. And you can start declaring by faith, I see it, I feel it, I'm in the middle of it. Because you should come to that place where you know you don't have a lack of these things. There is no day that you wake up in your life that God's goodness is not abounding towards you. Hallelujah. His mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness, the Bible tells us. Lamentations chapter 3. So it's not a lack of um, harvest. Where Christians need to wake up to and learn is how to receive that miracle it's possible to have the miracle it's possible to have the blessing of god the favor of god and you are not receiving it and that's why you have to be radical in gathering your harvest you have to have strong faith i said this in the middle midweek service on wednesday you must have a very robust faith Because it's by your faith that you receive. Glory be to God. Let's define what we mean by radical. Because some people may think we are talking about a Luther continuum here. So we cannot be on the same page. And I'm going to give you four major concepts of what the word means. The the real word. When we say radical, and projection, you can please put up these definitions for me. All those four definitions under this so people can see it as I'm sharing it. It means fundamental. As what the radical is not a Luther content, it's not troublemaker. It, it really means fundamental. Fundamental. When you say someone is radical or something is radical, you are talking about getting to the roots of something, the origin of something, the foundation of something, the core of something. That's what the word means. To be radical means you are fundamental, foundational. You are the core of it. I'm going to read this in a moment 
So when Jesus came to tell us, or when he was teaching on the parable of the sower, and he told us that if you don't understand the parable of the sower, and the parable of the sower is the parable about sowing and getting your harvest. He said you can never understand the kingdom of God. Why? This is fundamental to the kingdom of God. This is foundational. This is the core of it. That's what we mean by radical. At heart, at your core, your fundamental, you, you must think this way and live your life this way. I'm a harvester. I am that child of God that when I get up in the morning, there's a miracle waiting for me. There's a blessing from God waiting for me. This must be fundamental to the way you live. And I'm ready to harvest it. I'm ready to harvest it. That does not mean there will be no challenges. In fact, when you see the challenges, that's when you should even know, wow, there's a corresponding harvest for this. And I'm ready to harvest it. Second concept or second use of the word is it means to be thorough. Going to the extreme. So this is where the aluta things comes in. When people, ah, we know go agree, oh, we know go agree. It's an application of it. But you need to be positive about that. You need to be very thorough and ready to go to any length to get what God has for you. I remember one of my earlier days, one of my favorite worship leaders, Fred Hammond, he used to call his team and the, um, what was that his background group again? Radical, radical for Christ. And he was talking about being radical in worship. And then he really changed the landscape of what worship is. Going to the extreme, going to any length. Go to any length for your harvest. It also means to be drastic. When you use this word, be drastic. As in, when you say someone has radical ideas, making radical changes. You can't but notice drastic ideas, drastic approach to what you are doing. And the fourth concept and definition of it is vital. When you say something is radical, it's vital. It is cardinal, a cornerstone. And it also means it's profound. And this is what I want you to, this is how I want you to think about your harvest. These four concepts. It's important I get my harvest. Like I shared with us last month when we were talking about reigning above all. You cannot reign in this earth if you don't walk in the harvest and the breakthroughs God has given you. It is cardinal. It is vital. So I am a radical harvester. These things guide the way I go after my harvest. I have come to that place where I believe that God has brought me into my harvest. I'm in the middle of it. And I will be extreme about gathering that harvest. I will fight whatever I need to fight. Go through whatever I need to go through. This is important for my life and my destiny. I'm not going to go without my harvest, my harvest of healing, my harvest of joy, my harvest of fruitfulness. I'm not going to be without it. I'm going to be radical about it. I will be drastic. I'm ready to make drastic changes. You need to be like that. Get radical where your harvest is concerned. Get radical. I dare to say, 
particularly now that we've been on this for several weeks now, if you are not seeing harvest, look, let me tell you where I am in the middle of my life now. I mean, a lot of it is still coming to shape, but I'm doing things I've never done before. Stepping into things I've never stepped into before. In certain aspects of my life. You need to be there. Because that's what God has in store for you. And you need to get radical about it. Sad to say, if you are not, it may never happen. Not that God has not provided it. Praise God. Mark chapter 6 again. I mean, Mark chapter 4. What we've been studying. And this dimension we took about harvesting and sickle. Mark 4. Let's start from verse 26. Projection, please help me. Mark 4, 26. So he said to them, and this is him explaining the parable of the sower and the harvest. The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed in the ground. You know the story. He should go to bed, sleep night and day. He should arise. The harvest will come. He knows not how. That's not your own part of the job. God is responsible to get the harvest to you. He has appointed unto us our weeks of harvest, Jeremiah said. And by the way, let me just mention this there. I hope you now understand all those things when you read in the Old Testament that, ah, this is what happens in the new moon. This is what happens in the, um, the first half of the year, the first season. The, the, this is the jubilee. It happens in the 50th years or pandemics of harvest. Under the New Testament, all those things are now in Christ. I don't have the time to go too much about this. All those things are now in Christ. Christ is now our jubilee. Christ is now our appointed weeks of harvest. So under the New Testament, it's not like, hey, I have to wait for July to get my harvest. No. I have to wait for 50 years to get my jubilee. No. That's Old Testament thinking. Now, if you have Christ, you can have your harvest. So you can get up any day and declare, my harvest is now. It's just that we can't be teaching it for 12 months of the year. So we are picking this time to teach it. This should set you up for the remaining months of this year and your life. And this is how the kingdom of God operates. You sow a seed and the harvest comes. You don't know how all the dynamics between it happens. But this is what we are focusing on, verse 29. This is the main thing we've been talking about. And it says, when the grain ripens, so when the harvest comes, immediately you put in the sickle. This is what we've been teaching on for several weeks now. The harvest is all around you, but you have to gather it in. You use, the sickle is what you use to reap the harvest. You put in the sickle. So we've shared several sickles for your harvest. And we are coming from a spiritual dimension. That's what we do in church. Because everything is fundamentally spiritual. Please put up my list again. These are the seven things I've shared with you already. We are now in the sixth week. I gave you one as Jara, zero. Thank God zero is a number. And I, like I said, I'm going to give you one sequel. I will emphasize one sequel every week for these nine weeks. And with the jara I gave you, all in all, there will be ten of them. It starts with fasting and prayer. We started this just after we finished our last three-day fasting and prayer, the media fasting and prayer. Start with fasting and prayer. I will say this to us again. You should not be in this kind of church and not be prayerful. And you should learn to sprinkle fasting with it from time to time. 
on your own. See, a lot of what we are teaching is how you should live your life. You should, but let me say this way, sickle ready. Some people, their harvest is all around them, but they can't reap that harvest because the sickle is not ready. And their sickle is not ready because they have not spent time in fasting and prayer. Like Jesus told the disciples, they came to meet him, why could we not cast out the devil? You can apply it to your own this way. Why could I not get the job? Why could I not get the marriage? Why could I not get the breakthrough? He told them, number one, he said, because of your own belief, faith, we are coming to that today. And he said, this kind, without fasting, it can't go out. You know that what, that's how you prepare to reap this kind of miracles. It's not that the miracle was not there. You just didn't have the right sickle. And notice, Jesus did not go to pray and fast when he told them that. That's what he was doing on the mountain. When he came down the mountain, he was already prayer, prayed up and fasted up. And he reaped that miracle for that young boy. And for his own ministry. Praise God. Look at the other things we've mentioned. These are things you should program into your life. Develop as a lifestyle for yourself. You may be stronger in some than others today. Those ones you are not as strong in or you know in your spirit, I am not yet there or I need to step this up. Last week during pursuit, one of the sessions, I talked about the place of joy. By the way, let me just give you that free of charge. That's going to be the last sequel I'm going to mention. You won't have this, you better learn to be joyful. So you may wake up one day and say, ah, my joy level is low. You, you focus on joy, you step up joy. Because joy is how you draw. Joy is a sequel. Look at the other things we've mentioned. Gratitude and thanksgiving. That was the first one we started with. After that foundation of fasting and prayer. I say to everyone here again, join us for pursuit. 6 a.m. The details are in your chat room. You can find out on MixLR. 1 p.m. restart with Dr. K. To help you boost your prayer. And to take advantage of the corporate prayer available for us in church. And then in your own private place of prayer. I love the testimonies we were sharing. Even in their zone, they had a prayer altar. And when someone was on a medical surgery, that blood was flowing, there was a prayer place they could run to. And people could gather and pray for her. And she got a miracle. She got a harvest. Those are some simple, simple reasons why some people miss. The the sequel is not there. The sequel is not there. Because the prayer platform is not there. I've said to us over and over again, there are many some basic fundamental things. The failure first starts in a, 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 a prayer failure, or a faith failure, or a wisdom failure, or a power failure. The same way you can succeed if you can succeed in the place of prayer, succeed in the place of faith, succeed in the place of wisdom. I'm going to be teaching about faith this morning. Let me move. I'm, I'm just laying foundation. So gratitude and thanks is soul winning. This should be at the top of our list. Let's gather in the Lord's harvest. The main harvest to gather is the Lord's harvest. Every one of us walk towards planting at least one person in church. Stewardship. Serving God and serving other people. And then we mention the seed sowing. Typically that will not be a sequel. But without the seed, there cannot be a harvest. And Jesus thought about that in Mark chapter 4. Let me read this verse to us. I want to stress something here. Put up Mark 4.30 for us. Please watch this. Talking about seed sowing. Why we will even throw something like seed sowing 
in the middle of a time of harvest or teaching about harvest. Listen to this very carefully. Please watch. There was a phrase Jesus used there that I want you to take note of. Very, very important. And I'm talking about things that should be a part of your life. So anytime the harvest is ripe for reaping, your sickle is ready. Then he said to them, to what shall I liken the kingdom of God? He keeps giving us fundamentals, the radical things about the kingdom of God. The system of God. Or with what parable shall we picture it? How, how, can I, how can I explain to you how God's system works? Another slide detail. Don't worry, I'm laying foundation. We have a whole month to talk about faith. I was coming home yesterday, listening on the radio. I just stumbled onto it. And somebody was talking about uh, mortgage facility and things like that in, in the banking system. And he was a banker and he made this profound statement. Please watch this. Listen to me very carefully. Made this powerful, profound statement. Said in Nigeria, based on data, only about 10% of the population can afford to buy housing. So that's why most people are renting. The economic conditions are so terrible that just about 10% of people, based on their income level, can afford to buy a house. And I'm sure all of us can relate to what he's talking about. He said in a developed country like UK, the percentage is about 70% can afford to buy a house. People buy, they don't just rent, they buy houses. And remember that I'm talking about mortgage, how you can finance buying a house. And he made this statement that really knocked me off. He said in a country like Singapore, it's 95%. Was it even 97 or 95%? He said practically everybody. So there, in their watch this system, because many of these countries, they've developed a system where they can accommodate many people. That's what the first world have that the third world doesn't have. If you don't own your own house, you are the exception. Here, because of a broken natural system, if you own your own house, you are the exception. That should ring alarm bells to us, or that should help us. When Jesus starts saying things like this, put up the previous verse. When he says the kingdom of God, what is the kingdom of God? The system of God. The system, that's what the kingdom of God, the system of God. So the Nigerian system may not afford you the opportunity of owning your own house, having a very happy marriage, being healthy and strong. Why? The system is broken. Maybe if you are in Singapore, you can ignore this. After all, the government has provided a system where if you don't own your own house, you are the exception. The average person has their own house. In Nigeria! You can't afford that. This is fundamental to us. In a place like this, where the natural system is broken, only 10% can afford to buy a house. So what do you happen if you find yourself in a place like that? You switch to the supernatural. You learn this. You can't go to Singapore. They will not give you visa, most likely. Maybe they will give you visiting visa. But bless God, the blood of Jesus has made the kingdom of heaven open to everybody. Oh, praise God. I don't know whether you get what I'm saying. So the natural environment around me may not allow me to buy a house. But thank God there is a heavenly system that I have visa to. In fact, I have permanent residency. I am seated with Christ in heavenly places. And in that system, every, in fact, we own everything. Even the houses in Singapore, we are the ones that own it. Hallelujah. But what if you don't know how the system operates? 
And that's why we are teaching this. You need to know how the system operates. So he said, this is how, what can I liken the kingdom? Which parable can I use to picture it? Next verse, please. Watch this. It is like a mustard seed. Watch this phrase. Which when it is sown, it only works when it is sown. When it is sown on the ground, it's smaller than all the seeds of the earth. Next verse. He repeated that phrase two times. But again, when it is sown. That's why I'm telling you, if you want to be a harvester, particularly a radical harvester, you've got to master seed sowing. Because this system that can afford you to own your own house, even if you are living in a place where naturally you can't own your own house, it only works when it is sown as a seed. That's why we put seed sowing when we are talking about harvest as a sickle. The system is there. I'm talking about the supernatural system of God. Available for you and I in Nigeria. The miracles are there. The blessings are there. I know naturally, oh, the only chance you have may be 10%. But when you come over to this supernatural system, you have more than a 100% chance. However, it only works when it is sown. Am I talking to someone this morning? Last week we talked about the sequel of communion. The body and the blood of Jesus. Partaking of it. And knowing how to use it. And this week, the sequel I'm giving you is faith. And that's what we are teaching about. Put up the list of the sequels again in five. can put up all seven of them from zero to six. Let them see it. The sequel of faith. And particularly, this is where you need to know. I want to emphasize these three areas in this teaching. You put your faith in the word of God. Some people have their faith in their pastor. Now the pastor has died. And their life is upside down. Nothing wrong in believing in your man of God. There's nothing, you better believe in your man of God. In fact, I'm going to come to that in my teaching. But primarily, put your faith in the word. And specifically for this teaching in the promises. You want a harvest of children? Find the promises of God that guarantee you children. Or you already have children, but you want your children to be excellent. Find the promises of God that guarantee you excellent children. Put your faith in that. Then that will be a massive sequel in your hands. And when you step into your harvest field, which you already are in, and you will continue to be in, you will be able to reap the harvest. Put your faith in the name. Three areas that we're going to talk about. The promises of God, the word of the promises of God, the name, and the power of God. You need to have strong faith. Those three areas particularly. So that when you say the name of Jesus, you know that you know that something good is happening on my behalf. I have faith in the name. When I pray in the spirit, because the Bible tells me that when I pray, I activate the power of God. I have faith that the power of God is working on my behalf. Put your faith in these things. They will make you sickle ready to reap any harvest that God is bringing your way. You will not miss out on your divine opportunities any longer in the name of Jesus. 
So let's talk about this cycle of faith in the remaining few minutes we have, and then we'll continue from there next week. Faith receives the harvest that grace has brought. If you are in King's Word, you should have known that by now. Dr. K has taught us that over and over again. John 1, 11. Faith receives the harvest that grace has brought. John 1 from verse 11, he came to his own. His own did not receive him. So their problem wasn't a lack of Jesus. Jesus was there with them. And Jesus' is grace. Their problem wasn't a lack of grace. Jesus' is wisdom. Their problem wasn't a lack of wisdom. Jesus' is power. Their problem wasn't a lack of power. Jesus' is favor. Their problem wasn't a lack of favor. Jesus' is miracles. Their problem wasn't, he was there. But they just didn't receive. What we are teaching today, the harvest is there. But someone is not reaping. Because he doesn't have a sequel. And he doesn't know how to be sequel ready. Verse 12, as many as received him, none without exception, he gave them the right to become the children of God. Who are those that received him? Those that believe. That's what faith is. Faith is believing. Particularly when you have strong reasons not to believe. Can I prosper and own a house in a nation where only 10% can afford to own their own house? That means the odds are against you. But can I believe that even in this kind of place I can own my own house? That is faith. When you start bearing that. Saying only one, or only one in ten people will ever be able to own a house. That is not story. Or that is based on live data as at August 2021. But there's a sixth sense called faith. Glory be to God that can make all the difference. Let, let me begin to close because this is the main question I want to ask you this morning. Where is your faith? Where is your faith? Where, where, where? And by that I mean how, in what condition is your faith? I'm sure we all know the story in Luke chapter 8. Please run the verses for me. I won't have time to read it from verse 22. Jesus told them, let's go to the other side. And then a storm came. COVID came. Economic crisis came. Somebody lost his job. Somebody fell sick. Somebody's health was shaken. A loved one died. A challenge came and they were afraid. Master, master, we are perishing. When it was calm, they didn't think they were perishing. But now that crisis has come, they, were peri- they thought they were perishing. And Jesus got up and he rebuked the wind. Rebuked COVID, rebuked it, rebuked it. And now turn to them. Where is your faith? This is what you should have done. Don't wake me up because of crisis. Use your faith. That's a powerful lesson. In this world, COVID-19 pandemics will come. Economic challenges will come. There will be all manner of crisis. What is the response? I told you the other week that you are going through crisis. You can be a Jehoshaphat. Okay, last midweek service. And six kinds of crises have encamped around your life. Marriage is crashed. Economically crashed. Problems. It doesn't mean there is no harvest. <laughs> At the end of that story, they said Jehoshaphat and people were gathering the harvest for three days. Too much. In a time of crisis. However, you need the sequel of faith. Praise God. Somebody shout, I need the sequel of faith. 
I can't hear you. Shout, I need the sequel of faith. A little bit louder. I need. This is radical. I can't hear you. Say this is radical. You understand what that word means now? Where my existence and my success is concerned. It's fundamental. Without it, I can't reap certain harvests. Where is your faith? In the midst of this global pandemic, where is your faith? Your spouse has just left you. That is very difficult, but I'm asking you, where is your faith? You don't even have a spouse. Nobody has proposed to you. All right, that is very, very uncomfortable. Where is your faith? You just lost a job or your business just crashed. That is difficult, but I'm asking you, where is your faith? Because all those things doesn't mean you don't have a harvest. In fact, I dare to say you are very close to your harvest. I'm going to touch on that in the second service. I can know your problem. Let me say it this way. I can know the magnitude of your harvest by the size of your problem. I'll, I'll touch on that in the second service. My question is, where is your faith? Let me quickly close here. Four things that you should check for to know where your faith is. And if you see that it's not at where it ought to be, work on these things. I shared four things with us during the midweek service. I won't have time to search on that. I talked about advancing faith, attacking faith. You need a faith that attacks the problem. Jesus got up and rebuked that storm. You attack it. That's how you know your faith is where it ought to be. You attack the storm. Look at these four things you need to have. And I'm just going to mention two because of time. Let me just give you the two of them. Number one is you need fed faith. A faith that has been nourished. When we ask some people, where is your faith? The problem is their faith is not fed. I'm using F's for all of them today. It's not nourished. So the problem is not the global pandemic per se. Yes, the proper pandemic is causing issues, but the real problem is their faith is not fed. It is malnourished. Let somebody declare by faith this morning, I have fed faith. I can't hear you. Say, I have fed faith. My faith is fed. And I'm sure many of us know this. Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. By the word of God. Mark 4.4, 4, Jesus said, live by the word that God has spoken. Don't live by bread alone. So hearing the word there is talking about feeding on the word. Like you eat bread. Or is it eba you eat? Or pandoyam? Or spaghetti? Or shawarma? Which one do you eat? Me, I'm watching my heart these days. It's salad I want to be eating. Just give me Salad. Salad. <laughs> Watching my height. <laughs> but you need to feed. Salad cannot help you against global pandemic. It can help your body. <laughs> but you need word. Luke 4, 4, the same thing he said. Jesus answered him saying, it is written, man shall not live by salad alone. But by every word. The word that you hear. In fact, I'll only be able to give you one because of time. But look at this verse as we close. 1 Timothy 4.16. Glory be to God. Listen to what Paul told Timothy here. 
And by the grace of God, this is what I'm doing for you today. 1 Timothy 4.16. If you instruct the brethren in these things, and he had mentioned a lot of things for Timothy to instruct them. So the things have been instructing you. Let's put it that way. You will be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Some people have different yardsticks of knowing who a good pastor is. Hey, he came to hold my hand. Hey, he came to visit me. And there's nothing wrong with those things. I'm not putting them there. Hey, he came to my wedding. Beautiful. But I dare to say you don't find all those things in the Bible. Look at what he said a good minister of Jesus Christ is. You instruct them. In, you tell them, this is what God is saying, you know. This is what the word of God is saying. You want to know a good man of God? The primary way is that he hears what God is saying and he tells you what God is saying. If you instruct them, you will be a good minister. It's not the only thing, but it's very, very vital. Watch this. This is where I'm going. Nourished in the words of faith. That's where you need to be. Oh, hallelujah. That's where you need to be for a time as this. For a harvest season like this. You need to be nourished in the words of faith. So that your faith can be fed. So that you can be sickle ready. So that you can reap the miracles God has brought into your life. Oh, hallelujah. Nourished in the words of faith and of good doctrine. What I'm giving you is good doctrine. Don't be a believer that doesn't have word and doesn't have prayer and doesn't have fasting. Your doctrine is off. You should be prayed up, fasted up. And the best way to do it is to do it daily. Consistently daily. 30 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day. Consistently. Of course, there's nothing wrong with doing marathon times of prayer. And then he closed by saying, which you have carefully followed. Hallelujah. Rise on your feet. Lift those hands to heaven this morning. Lift your hands. Bless God. The question is very simple. Is your faith, is your spirit man well fed? Is your faith well fed? Lift those hands to heaven. Just bless God. And begin to declare, I'm nourished in the words of faith. I am nourished. You can declare it by faith. And where you need to make adjustments, begin to make adjustments. Is your spirit man or your faith well fed? Come on, lift your hands and surrender to God. You see, these things, it takes the grace of God to do it. And receive grace to live the life. Is your spirit man and your faith well fed? Have you spent time hearing and hearing the word? Particularly the promises for the miracles you want to reap in your life. Is your spirit man and your faith, is it well fed? For such a time as this, for this season and for this harvest that we are in. Oh, lift your hands. I've said it over and over again. Receive grace from God. Oh, I am nourished in the words of faith. I take the time to feed my faith, to hear, to hear, to hear, to hear the word of God. I take the time to hear. I take the time. 
Now watch, listen to this. Please watch this. This will help somebody. So I quoted Romans 10, 17. I quoted Romans 10, 17 ago. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. Listen, listen. Particularly for those of us in a church like this. So many people know this, but many people are not conscious of verse 18. Look at what verse 18 now says. Verse 18, the next verse. Oh, Shandabo Satayala Parakada. But I say, or oh, I'm asking, have they not had? Is there any King's Word member that doesn't know that you should be a prayer person? Is there any King's Word member that doesn't know that you should be fasting? Is there any King's Word member that does not know you should be grateful? You should be thankful. You should serve. Have they not had? Then he went to listen. This is what Isaiah said. This is what, they have told them these things, but they just refuse to hear. I want to encourage you, admonish you, and for some of you, rebuke you. Yeah. We prayed it on Wednesday. Put up that prayer point for us again. Jesus said that if you have ears to hear, more will be given to you. If you do not have ears to hear, what has been given to you will be taken from you. That will not be your story in Jesus' name. So pray with me this morning as we close. I have ears that hear. I have eyes that see. And I have a heart that understand. Open your mouth and quickly pray that prayer for one minute or two. That's how you get faith. You hear. You hear and you obey. You hear and you obey. I have ears that hear. I have eyes that see and I have a heart that understands. I receive the grace for it this morning. Have they not heard? Can anybody tell me in this church that you don't know you should be serving God in one year? Have you not heard? Have they not heard? I have ears that hear. I have eyes that see. I have a heart that understands. Come on, pray it, pray it, pray it. I will give you one more minute. As they are praying, put up Mark 4, 24 and 25 for us on the board. Oh, pray this prayer using this verse. Come on, pray it, pray it. Have they not heard? Mark 4, 24 and 25. Come on, put it up for us. He said to them, take heed what you hear or how you hear what you hear. With the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. Have you not heard? Have you not heard that you should sow so that you can reap? You should tithe and give offerings so God can increase you. Have they not heard? Oh, yakata yala brakata payadaba. Fed faith, nourished faith, robust faith. It comes by hearing. Oh, we give you praise, Father. Lift your hands one more time. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-00640.